Blog Talk Radio. The Four Persons, Inc. is a federally registered and licensed 501c3 charity. Any use of any of our content without our permission is prohibited by law. Our purpose is evangelization, education, and social action. Please go to our website at thefourpersons.com or our blog site at thefourpersons.net to make your tax-deductible donation by credit or debit card. You can also send a check to The Four Persons, Inc., P.O. Box 11214, Manassas, Virginia, 20113. To contact us, send us an email at email at thefourpersons.com. Welcome to the Saturday Burnt Toast and Coffee Show with apologist William Hemsworth on the Four Persons Network. William is passionate about teaching the faith. He is a convert that attended a Baptist seminary. He is a father and a catechist that will encourage you to live the faith, evangelize, and defend it. To call into the show, the number is 515-602-9655. Once again, the phone number to call into the show is 515-602-9655. Hey, and good morning, everybody. My name is William Hemsworth. Welcome to the Burnt Toast and Coffee Show here on the Four Persons Network. Uh, Great to be with you all live again. Um, Had a pre-recorded show last week. On October 23rd, I had knee replacement surgery. So it is great to be back behind this microphone for a live program. I cannot tell you how excited I am. cannot tell you how honored I am. There is nothing like being live with you all on a Saturday morning. Well, depending on where you're listening, maybe a Saturday afternoon. All right. Now, for those that may have been in the show notes, um, I had planned to interview author uh, Mark Aronoff on his book, Love's Guest, Reflections of Inspiration and Wonder. But he is unfortunately unable to join us due to some uh, technical difficulties this morning. Um, unfortunately, sometimes that stuff happens. And so what we're going to do this morning is uh, we're just going to continue on with our journey through the Didache. All right. So I will reschedule with Mark. We'll get everything situated to where we can meet up with him again and uh, discuss his great book, which is based on the writings of uh, St. Catherine of Genoa. So it's, it's a very fascinating book. It's a very deeply spiritual devotional piece. And um, it, 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 it is what it is. Sometimes these things happen. And I know I've been on shows before. I've been on Gary Machuda's program before where um, for whatever reason, Skype wasn't working. And Gary had to do some stuff on the fly until I, the producer was able to get me on. So, you know, it's all good. It happens, right? So let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and uh, discuss the, uh, the Didache again. So we've been going through this for a few weeks here. And the Didache is separated into two, uh, two sections, the way of life, the way of death. 
And we, we finished up with The Way of Death a couple weeks ago. But today, today, my friends, we're going to get into, I'm going to get into chapter 7, which is all about baptism. And this is a very fascinating section. And this is a section where some of our Protestant friends who have read the Didache say, look, this, this has nothing about baptizing babies, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, the whole uh, credo baptism um, argumentation, which you know, we're going to discuss a little bit today. Chapter, uh, chapter 7 is where we're going to start on the Didache today. Chapter 7. Chapter 7, verse 1 says, but concerning baptism, this is how you shall baptize. So why is this important? Remember, this is an early church manual. This is an early church manual that's uh, taught, telling people how, especially priests, like how to baptize. It's telling catechumens, those who are coming into the church, how to live the Christian life, etc., etc. And so here we're getting into the nuts and bolts about the baptism, specifically how to baptize. Okay. So chapter 7, verse 2, having first recited all these things, baptize in living water in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Very important right here. Now, living water, um, we'll get into that in a minute, but let's talk about the Trinitarian formula that we see here in the Didache. Okay, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And of course, this goes back to what our Lord Jesus Christ said in the Gospel of Matthew, the Great Commission, the very end of the Gospel of Matthew. And give me one second here. We have a caller on the line. Yes, caller, how are you? Hey, hi, this is Mark Aronoff. How are hey, you? Hey, Mark, William? how are you? Good, good. You I doing, hope Mark? I, uh, I'm great. I'm great. How, how, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing well. Yeah, friends, our, uh, Mark, Mark Aronoff, author of Love's Guest, Reflections of Inspiration and Wonder, is on the line with us. We're going to discuss his, uh, his great book here. Mark, thank you so much for coming on the show with me today. It's uh, great to have you on. So how, how, are things, how, how are things going? Are you in Massachusetts, is it? Yes, I'm in western Massachusetts and outside of Boston a couple hours and uh, yeah, thank you for having me on the show. I'm I'm honored. Oh no, it's my absolute pleasure. I'm here in Tucson, Arizona, and we're complaining about it being cold this morning when 60 degrees. That's how it goes here in Tucson. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Welcome to uh, New England. When we had like a, I don't know a half inch snow the other day, it's gone. Oh, but wow. uh, ouch, yeah. Tucson sounds warmer. <clears throat> Yeah, we're we're very spoiled here, but of course we pay for it in the summer. Over the summer, we had about 11 days straight where it was over 110. So that's how it goes. Okay. (laughs) Wow. That's hot. It it certainly is, but, you know, we we suffer through it for the winters that are the highs are like, you know, 70, 65, 70. So it's a a journey. It's a payoff. Right, right. Yeah. All right. Your book, your book, Love's Guest: Reflections of Inspiration and Hope, comes out November twenty first, and it, it's it's based on the work of Saint Catherine of Genoa. And for those who may not be familiar, can you tell us about this saint and maybe the impact she's had on you? So Saint Catherine of Genoa um, was born in fourteen forty seven in Genoa, Italy, to a rather um, religious and wealthy family. 
she, I can tell you a little bit about her. She was, um, it's a fascinating story. She was deeply called uh, to God at a young age, tried to join a monastery, but was turned away because she was too young. She was married off at age 16 and was married, uh, was the family arranged for her to marry a nobleman who turned out to be a spendthrift and a philanderer. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, for the next 10 years, her life was somewhat miserable, as the story goes. At age 26, she confessed, she was uh, talking to her sister, I believe it was Lambania, if I'm saying it right, who is now a nun, and her sister suggested she offer confession. And it was during that confession that she had this conversion. And she describes it as God piercing her heart in such a way that she wept uncontrollably. Um, and, and oddly, at that moment, the, the priest who she was confe- confessing to stepped out. And when he came back, found her crying, and she left abruptly. And from that day forward, her life was never the same. Now, this is a fascinating part. Her husband was so moved by her transformation that he, too, decided to change his life and his ways and his manner. I mean, you know, when you ask a question like, how does a man change or how does anyone change? And for me, that's the power of God speaking, literally transforming a human and other humans. He joined her at that point. It was There was a plague going on in Genoa, and they volunteered at the Pantamoni Hospital for the rest of their lives. She became the director, um, and he followed her. He never again looked back. They actually took on his illegitimate child. Um, she was canonized a couple hundred years later by, I believe it was Pope Clement the 13th or 16th. I don't have the right in front of me. And in order to be canonized, she would have had several miracles um, that she occurred, incur- including the stigmata and uh, the healing of a paralytic. Um, but she can- she's rather somewhat unknown, Catherine of Genoa. We know Catherine of Siena, right? Right. She's kind of the famous ones. Um, but what I did in Love's Guest, Reflections of Inspiration and Wonder, was I took – a few pages from one of her works known as the Spiritual Dialogues, which is this song of love. Um, And I reissued it in a kind of uh, slightly edited, modern, slightly more gender-neutral text with introduction, meditation on love, and some annotations. Yeah, But she came to me um, in a bit of a mystical mystical experience. I, uh, I was just so moved by her words. It literally like felt like I was showering in divine love. <laughs> I was like, "Wow!" Wow! Yeah. What? Ex- yeah, yeah. What? 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 A, what? A, what an experience. Now, were were there anything? Were there any words from her um, spiritual dialogues that you you wanted to include in the book but couldn't? Uh, great question. So, the book. So the spiritual dialogues as I describe in the introduction, where I also tell the story about uh, her life a little bit, um, is a meandering, somewhat um, uh, obscure, slightly difficult to read for me, um, dialogue between the body, the soul, God, and self-love. And she has this dialogue where she's working out 
so to speak, our um, our journey through the mundane and difficulties of life. And she kind of moves between these points of view where the body's talking and the body wants to do what it wants to do and the soul is talking and it wants to do what it wants to do. And, um, and I literally reissued about five pages, which I broke into then stanzas. Um, it's not poetry, more inspirational. Um, and so I did not use like 80% of the book to answer that question. Uh, Yeah, and this is what I wanted to use. This was like this unique song. I call it a song of divine love. I I could read a little of it for you if you want, but it's really this this song of love. It's kind of a, yeah. (laughs) And and it it, it definitely is, and you said you didn't use about 80%. And what you did use, like you said, is such a uh, very inspirational. I found it very moving as well. One of the things in the book mm-hmm. that I also appreciated was the the artwork that spreads throughout the book. So I guess what is what's the purpose of having the artwork in there? And I guess what are you hoping to accomplish with having the artwork in there along with the the stanzas from St. Catherine? So that's a great question. And to your point, I don't say much in the book about the artwork. And all I say is that I was looking for some artwork to accompany the the book, the text. I had searched hundreds and hundreds of images and then came across the artwork of Jan Richardson, who is a, um, uh, she is a uh, ordained minister in the United Methodist church, but the artwork and everyone says the same. And by the way, uh, each image is of a religious nature, um, but very abstract and color and, but just this amazing uh, breath of God through her artwork. And, um, you know, and I appreciate you mentioning that it caught your eye. And I think my intention is just to find a, so to speak, non-linear, that is, there are no words, um, image to accompany. And it wasn't religious. So it's not like all the work is abstract. So it's not a picture of a saint and it's not a picture of a stained glass window and it's not a picture of Christ. Um, you know, her image of resurrection, which she calls, and, and she asked me not to title them, interestingly. Um, <laughs> at least, I don't have titles with each uh, image. There is a title in the, the uh, beginning. Um, but like resurrection is an abstract work of colorful art with kind of squares going upward. Um, and it was really, my intention was to accompany the, the this text with this uh, these images more as a a kind of gesture of fulfilling uh, or ripening the experience of reading the book. So that's kind of was my intention. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. No, and, and that's, a, that's a great answer. Now, this book, again, all about love and, of course, whenever we could reflect on these great reflections of St. Catherine the General, like you said, as the less well-known Catherine, like you said, we all know Catherine of Siena and all that. But right. what are you... Why this book? What? Why did you choose to write this book, and why now? That's a great question. I was researching. I was working on another book, drawing from the life of the, I, I call him a Christian mystic, the devout Catholic Thomas Merton, who I had spent some time at his um, former monastery, 
the Abbey at Gethsemane in Kentucky, and I was there for about two weeks, and in their library, I was looking through his journals, and I came across an entry where he had been asked to write a book uh, on St. Catherine of Genoa. I'm like, oh, who's that? (laughs) And um, I knew nothing. And I just dove in, and there was a moment in my life, and I don't know if your listeners can relate or where I almost did not have a choice. I was so moved and deeply called to bring these words to fruition. It was almost as if I didn't have a choice. I was like, you need to do this. I'm like, okay. So Holy Spirit, the only language I can use is Holy Spirit moved through me to death that I had to do it. I'm like, why me? And it was just do it. Stop asking questions. You know, and I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? You know, I'm having this conversation with spirit and um, it was, you know, bring this to fruition. And um, and I wrote the introduction and I tried to find someone like a scholar to write it. But the publisher said, you know, you can do this, Mark. And I researched quite a bit. And uh, and the intro is it's not scholarly. It's a general introduction, but it's it's plenty. And then her text and then what I call a reflection guide, almost a Lectio Divina a meditation on the text and some annotations and the book was born. It was really just this experience of you need to do this. And it doesn't happen often in my life where uh, I feel like God blows through me is how I would describe it. And uh, okay, I'll do it. (laughs) What do you want? Yeah. Right. So it's like, it's like Jesus told you, you got to do this. So you're like, okay, um, no choice here. So I just got to get this thing done. No, um, I think many of our listeners could totally understand that feeling. I know I certainly can. So you you, you mentioned the process, how you just didn't have a choice, where you were pretty much told to write this book. How did you grow through the process of writing this book? It's a great question. So in the introduction, whoever buys this book, um, you will see, particularly at the end of the introduction, um, I'm dripping, as I call it in a, I don't want to call it altered state, but in a, in divine love, whatever Catherine, I felt like Catherine's words had changed me for about a week. I'm like just in this and I knew I had to do it. And I was getting up at 3 AM and just writing and, and capturing what would become the introduction. And then as I, you know, about a week out of that, I started to have to do the work and I'm finding a publisher and I'm researching and it, it, in a manner of speaking, I knew I had to do it, but I was no longer in that dripping, as I call it. And this has happened to me before a little bit, where it, it, there's a kind of ripe moment. And I caught it, and I captured it, and I did some writing. And you'll see it at the end of the introduction in particular, where I'm kind of in a, a an almost an offering of prayer myself for St. Catherine and with St. Catherine. And and then I worked my butt off. You know, I started researching and I started, you know, but it was fairly quick. In the next couple months, I, I wrote the meditations and I wrote the annotations and, and then I found the publisher. And then it was like, you know, the, 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 I'd say the hardest or the more challenging work was researching the, the, what became the more detailed introduction where I, 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 I re, uh, researched her life and, what was I going to include and how detailed did I want to get and how scholarly you know, do I want to be? That became more work. So the process really was initially in the divine bath of God's calling and Christ's immersion. That lasted about 10 days, two weeks max, and then I worked my butt off. 
And I always felt good about it. <laughs> Does that make sense? Sure. No, absolutely. <laughs> so I guess what did your publisher think about you going through this process? Because um, having worked with some publishers myself, sometimes like, you know, you need to change this, you need to change that. How were they with the process and your vision of the book? <clears throat> so Monkfish Publishing has a division, Red Elixir. And I, I went with Monkfish partly because um, they have a, a diverse list of uh, inspirational books, a range. Mm-hmm. It wasn't strictly Catholic. It wasn't strictly religious. And the woman who initially read my submission loved it. And we got up, uh, we got a little caught up in um, the color illustrations, raising the cost of the book a little bit. Cause they were like, you know, do you want to take out the artwork and we can lower the cost? And, but to answer your question, they love the woman in particular, this one editor loved it. Um, and then her boss was more of a businessman and he was like, well, what's the cost and how are we going to make money? And, and right. he, okay. he, was, he was a little more like, what am I dealing with here? And, um, but she was so supportive, the, the editor who brought me in and she ended up becoming my editor and, um, and she challenged me. So when we did like finally sit down and the book was accepted, she challenged me to um, expand the introduction and the language. And she challenged me to um, be really clear uh, with not so much Catherine's writing. So Catherine was Catherine, but my annotations, my, um, my uh, Lectio Divina, that portion, uh, she, they cleaned it up and it was, yeah, it was a great process. It was really, that was a good couple months also of rewriting and uh, cleaning and developing the introduction. Cause that was good. what she said, go back. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. That's great. That's great to hear that the publisher was totally on board with your vision as Yes, I, I found, and that's important for a writer to find an editor or a publisher. In that, in, in this case, uh, an editor at a publishing company that I, I loves your vision. You know, they, she felt it. She was there. Thank goodness. <laughs> and, uh, right. Yeah. In, in the reflection guide, you you give definitions for you know meditation, prayer, contemplative prayer. I guess what led what led you to um, include those three definitions, and what do you want your readers to gain from those three? in your um, reflection piece. So you're talking about, I actually language it. Um, I, I actually say I'm reading from it. I'm, I'm, I, as I'm always interested in the meaning we make of words, I invite three, three brief definitions, meditation. I define prayer and contemplative prayer. Now my work as a psychologist, I'm a, I'm a psychologist, my, my other job. Um, I notice the meaning we make of words is important. So someone might say, you know, I talk to so-and-so and I'll say, do you mean voice or text? Oh, text. <laughs> um, just to clarify, like that's a simple example. Um, we each okay. in our lives make meaning of words, which in a way create our reality. So for me, I just gave meditation, prayer, definitions, as a way of proceeding, and then as you know, the next the reflection guide does take from the text, and then ask a few questions. Like the first one says, Catherine quotes, "The Lord said, Do you know who it is that employs my love? You whose heart is pure and empty of every other love.'" And then I pose the question, "What do you think Catherine means by empty of every other love?" 
and I ask what other love might you carry that might get in the way of employing the Lord's love. And, um, yeah, the definitions are part of, it's just a kind of clarifying what do I mean by meditation. And sometimes people perhaps um, misunderstand what a word or, or what my intention might be with a word. So I, that was my, my hope was to clarify Great. through the definitions. Yeah. Great. Again, our guest, Mark Aronoff, author of Love's Guest, Reflections of Inspiration and Wonder. It's going to be available on November 21st. Now, Mark, um, I know the book hasn't been released yet, but what feedback have you been given through like beta readers and everything else? And where can our readers buy the book when it's released? Our listeners, sorry. So I, that's, yeah, thank you for asking. I reached out to um, a number of archbishops and bishops and um, local clergy, and it's got wonderful feedback. Um, Bishop Stowe, who is um, the Archbishop of Lexington, Kentucky, um, wrote a wonderful blurb. He's on the back cover. Um, St. Catherine's poetic insights will cause the reader to ponder the deepest form of love, which comes from the ultimate source of our being. A man who I deeply respect, Father James Martin. Um, he has He's a best-selling author. His book, My Life with Saints, has done well. Um, writes uh, the work of a great Catholic woman mystic who's writing about God, which is to say about love, beautiful, profound, and mysterious. Her 15th century sensibility still speaks to us today. You know, the time, there's a timelessness to the book. I've gotten pretty good reviews. Um, I'm happy. I, I mean, in terms of um, free publication reviews, I've gotten a few other reviews. Um, the website is lovesguest.com, and there you will find a number of reviews, and they've been positive, so I'm dearly appreciative of that. Great. All right, again, the book, uh, um, Love's Guest, Reflections of Inspiration and Wonder, coming November 21st. Of course, um, you can check it out on – oh, and Mark, before I let you go, I'm sorry. What is, what's the website they can go to to learn more about the book? Yes, lovesguest.com. So, yep, www.lovesguest.com. It's available for pre-order on Amazon, all major bookstores. Lovesguest.com will offer um, uh, some bios, and all the reviews are on, a bunch of reviews, a bunch of reviews are on lovesguest.com. Great. Mark, thank you so much for coming on Burnt Toast and Coffee Show today. Uh, thank you for your great work on this book, and God bless you as this thing comes closer to being released. Thank you. Thank you very much. God bless you and all your listeners. I'm ever so grateful for being here. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right, everyone. Mark Aronoff, author of Love's Guest, Reflections of Inspiration and Wonder. Check it out November 21st. And thank you for listening to today's episode of the Burnt Toast Show. Have a good day. God bless.